my mental health was declining even more so when I tried talking to an adult in my life um, that's supposed to be there for you and you know as hard as it was it it kind of hit me in the face literally you know um, that I couldn't open up to this person because they reacted in a physical abuse manner. everybody, this is Alicia with the Self-Awareness Podcast, where we share mental health journeys from all different types of backgrounds. So thank you so much for being here, and let's get right into the show. Let's welcome Brenda Kay to the show. She is the founder and owner of Filthy Animals, a hair salon in Grand Island, Nebraska. She is a mental health advocate and she's a wonderful mother. So can't wait to hear your story. Let's get right into it. Hey, everybody. We're here with the Self-Awareness Podcast and we have our guest here, Brenda. We just want to hear a little bit about your background, Brenda. Can you tell us like where you're from, what you do now, um, and there's anything about where you were raised um, along those lines? Well, um, I moved to Nebraska in 1997 uh, with my mom. She's a single mom of five. And, um, well, she moved around quite a bit for most of her life. Um, I come from a family of Hispanic women, and my mom's from Honduras. And uh, in 1989, they moved to the States. To start a whole new life for for the family, to give us a chance at living, you know, the American dream back then. Um, so fast forward to 1990 when I was born in Florida. Um, growing up with my mom, you know, with my siblings too, it was always, uh, you know, I was a fourth child too. So like that's a big part of what I had to like figure out in my life, mm-hmm. my place with everybody. Um it helped me understand that I could take care of my younger sibling and learn from my older siblings, you know, those mistakes that I don't want to do, but then my own mistakes and learn. But I grew up with a semi-strict family, you know, I couldn't go out and stay over friends' houses. Uh, shit, I couldn't even shave my legs till I joined a sport in high oh, school. Wow. <laughs> wow. So I joined um, the golf team, actually. Uh, just so that I can shave my legs. I was really bad at golf, though, like super bad. <laughs> they kept me on the team for three years. I don't know. Maybe they were desperate. <laughs> um, but fast forward to, like, my teen years, that's when, like, stuff started to get really weird for me. Um, I couldn't really talk to anybody about what was going on in my head. Um, my mom tried getting me into counseling at one point. Uh, but that didn't really stick. So I kind of just went throughout my teen years, not knowing or understanding myself. Um, I think a big part of it was not growing up with a father figure. Um, you know, I had my extended relatives, but it was never that like peace that we have or some people have, I was missing that. Um, so I made a lot of mistakes in relationships. Um, it always boiled down to, um, a lot of 
like inner work that I didn't work on because I didn't I didn't even know I I was that toxic. Like while I was toxic, I did not know how toxic I was, and it was always somebody else's fault. It was always like um, the man's fault or like my mom's fault. I blame my mom for a lot of things throughout my life. Mm-hmm. Um, but I got to twenty five, and I wanted a family. I wanted to try and do things the right way but i like as much as i tried doing that because i'm also divorced um i kept doing it the wrong way over and over again um so with not having a certain piece in my life i realized that that piece that i was missing was just loving myself um and that took up until fuck when I started doing hair to start to kind of like categorize those things for myself because the art of my life, everything that I have done has helped me like kind of slow my mind down a little bit when I need to think straight. But if I let my emotions take over because I've been diagnosed bipolar, um, I have major anxiety and major depression. So it's like one or the other. Um, I try to keep myself in kind of the gray area by like using my coping mechanisms, Mm -hmm. but it took hair for me to kind of slow down and like slowly, like it didn't happen overnight because I went through a really, really rough patch with my health that just literally changed my whole being. And it kicked me in the ass to like make a decision where okay, I need to start going to the gym. I need to start going to therapy. I need to get on a med to help me get through this part of my life. This is temporary, Mm -hmm. but I was struggling really, really hard up until recently where last year I made that big change in my life where I was sick and tired of my own shit and, well, continued my health journey and here I am. Thank you for sharing that. One of the parts of... What I've realized about mental health and mental health journeys um, is being able to talk about your mental health. So I realized the vulnerability when it comes to that. So thank you, Brenda, for sharing that. I know it takes a lot of courage and it can be uncomfortable uh, in the beginning talking about that. I can relate to having um, being raised with many siblings. I was also raised, there was five of us growing up. I noticed you said that there was a very uh, strict household, which I can also relate to. And correct me if I'm wrong, but when I grew up also as the middle child, so we have a lot in common here, <laughs> and we're also from the uh, Latina background. So having that strict background and um, like a strict environment, more siblings, I felt as if I was learning more from my siblings, uh, maybe them more than my parents, because I spent more time with my siblings. And would you say that before, I guess when you were growing up, maybe you weren't exposed to or even realizing if you were being exposed to mental health issues? Was there a time when you were younger, like growing up, maybe in your teens, where you realized that you were maybe being exposed to other people having mental illness or symptoms or being exposed to anything along those lines? Um, Actually, I kind of... I I have a moment that really like sticks out to me in my teen years that um, a lot of family members that I grew up with um, are women, like powerful, powerful women. 
that have a very strong mind or very stubborn. Um, they're very independent. And it's because they grew up with my grandmother that grew up basically by herself since she was 14. I mean, she had her siblings, but, um, you know, it's a bunch of hustlers in my family is, is what I call them. And, um, when I was a teenager, I realized that my mental health was declining even more. So when I tried talking to an adult in my life, um, that's supposed to be there for you. And, you know, as hard as it was, it, it kind of hit me in the face, literally, Mm -hmm. you know, um, that I couldn't open up to this person because they reacted in a physical abuse manner. Mm-hmm. Um, it's okay. You're very strong for sharing this, and um, I can see this can be a very painful memory, but I want to thank you for sharing it and uh, just feel comfortable with whatever you want to say moving yeah. forward. Um, gosh, I'm 32 now, and it's kind of crazy. Uh, that something like that can trigger anything. Mm-hmm. But um, what it taught me was as angry as that moment made me, mm-hmm. because when, and to this day, like when someone hurts me, you, I feel that reaction where I want to be angry at them. But I've challenged my mind so um, continuously every single day. So for the past five months, I have been medication free. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. And, and, you know, there's points in my life where I'm like, I bet I better go back because, you know, crazy Brenda don't need to be coming out. (laughs) (laughs) She don't need to play today. But uh, this moment with this person in my life that is supposed to be there for you, like I reacted in an angry manner because I learned that anger is a secondary emotion. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was just really, really sad as a little girl of like not having anybody to talk to. And the people that I did talk to were my friends that were going through things that, you know, we didn't even know that we were going through at that age. You know, mm-hmm. it's uh, it was a different type of life before technology took over too, which actually kind of like makes me think everybody's just a little crazy out there. Yeah, so. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. So, but I grew up and uh, forgave my, my family member, you know, and I understood that her journey was um, mental health too. You know, she gave me tools after a while once mm-hmm. she began hers. And um, I'm a person that holds no resentment towards family members for anything. Um or uh, like it's done, it's in the past and it's dust. So that's true. Well, um, I just want to first say, I'm sorry that that experience happened to you. Um, and I, from an outside point of view, if that was, um, something I was going through and I felt, uh, I was finally getting the courage in order to speak up to somebody about what I was going through, which can be difficult. And then being able to have that, um, such a backfire that that's so, um, I just want to show compassion for that and for you and at that age and just say that I'm proud of you for showing that, um, you don't hold any grudges against that because 
Um, from my opinion, from what I've seen, is hurt people, hurt people, which I'm sure you've heard before. Um, but obviously nobody deserves in a situation like that, especially when they're trying to reach out for help. Um, and then something you said earlier was your mom tried to get you in counseling when you were younger. Mm-hmm. And so can you elaborate on the experience of um, like why it came about, um, why or how did you go to get that counselor and kind of how the whole situation played out. I know there's, um, when you're able to be ready to take a step towards therapy or counseling, it can be a lot more, um, there's more to it than a lot of people think. Uh, Finding the right counselor, finding what kind of counseling along those lines. So can you elaborate on that experience? Uh, The first time I ever went to therapy was about 16 years old because that's when I started sneaking out of the house. Uh, I used to sneak out of a little like three by one window, but I was super tiny. I was just a tiny little thing. Like, I don't know, probably about a hundred pounds, man. I was 16. Um, And uh, so, you know, I'm sure I scared the shit out of my mom, but uh, I felt like I was under a lot of control. Like I couldn't do a lot of things because my older siblings did things and they, you know, we're trying to make sure that those same mistakes didn't happen. Mm -hmm. But um, slowly as I learned myself going into therapy, um, I think I only had about two sessions when I was 16 because the first one was the intake and, you know, they get the family background. But when you only have one family background, that kind of makes it a little hard Mm -hmm. to kind of explain like the full, you know, circle of your mental health. Um, And at this time at 16, I really didn't know too much about my biological father's background either. You know, I grew up with my mom and that's what we all are. That's what we do. That's like, that's how we're supposed to be. That's what I grew up with at 16. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I vaguely just remember my mom going in one time after one of my sessions. I think it was the the last one, the second one, mm-hmm. last one. Yep. Um, and she never took me back after that. So I don't know what happened, but... I think I was not as aware of what therapy or counseling was or should have been for me at age 16. It was more like, I'm just going to do whatever my mom says. Okay. You know, I want to make my mom happy. I people pleaser, like for a big part of my life. Um, so yeah. Do do you remember anything about that second session? Um, if you felt like it was, um, helpful or not? I do remember her, her and I talking about how I wanted to take my life um, because I felt like I would never live a happy life. Um, Always being in control or have someone else having control of me. Um, And I do remember explaining that to her. And I, I think I don't, I don't really know what happened in the conversation between my mother and her, Mm -hmm. but I just remember going in there and then walking out and feeling like what I had shared got me in trouble. Mm. (laughs) So, and my mom was angry too. So, um, it made me like, it made me not even want to talk to my mom about anything. Like even before that, like, you know, most girls go to their 
whoever when, mm-hmm. when that time of the month comes and everything. Right. Like I, I couldn't even go to, to my mom for that. And now we have a good relationship. Mm-hmm. But back then it was it was a little rocky. Yeah. So maybe at the time you felt maybe shame for bringing up that topic mm-hmm. is maybe the idea that uh, connected when she reacted with anger. Is there a time in your life, maybe a day or an event, we may have touched on it already, but could you maybe go into detail of where do you think you started to have, I guess, the start of your mental health journey? So when I say mental health journey, I kind of relate it to a fitness journey where, like you said before, it's not like an overnight fix. There's so many steps and tools and things you need to realize for yourself when you work on your mental health and your mental well-being. So do you think you remember, I guess, kind of how that process started for you? Yeah. Um, actually, the when I really, really committed myself to disciplining my mind the best I could was um, June. Well, I started the, the gym. Okay. Like literally the month before was it's, I call it the sloth mode where I got out of um, a really vulnerable situation where I lost my marbles over somebody abandoning me, you know, and I think that was such a, a wound that got hit so hard that never healed that I got so triggered that I snowballed even on social media. Mm-hmm. Like I cried on social media over a guy, yeah. you know, and, and there's tons of women that do that tons of freaking women. And that's why I like went on there and was like, I'm going to be fine. I'm going to be okay. And this is a lesson. Every single bad thing that's happened in my life is always just a lesson. Life is like literally lessons. <laughs> yeah. Hey everybody, Alicia here. I want to tell you about a platform that I love to use. It provides free online counselors and therapists, but most of all, it connects you to volunteer listeners for free. So this website is called 7 Cups of Tea, www.7cupsoftea. It's an online platform that, again, provides counseling, therapists, and then those online listeners I was telling you about. It even has tools if you're going through a certain situation, such as a breakup, a loss, a grief. There are tools on there that you can look up to show you how to get through this process through the steps that they provided on the website. And I love to use it. Whenever I feel stressed and I need someone to validate my feelings, I know I can go to this platform because first of all, free. And second of all, it's anonymous. You don't have to put your name. You don't have to say anything about yourself. Just go online, create an account for free and get connected with the listener. I love this tool and I can't wait to share it. And I hope that you guys get a chance to use it. Thank you so much for listening and have a great day. Uh, June, 2021, I, God, I, I, uh, woke up one morning and decided that I wanted to change my whole life and I knew it was going to be really, really hard. Uh, so I signed up for counseling at, um, well living on capital, actually, it used to be family resources back in the day, but, um, went there and I was kind of timid to go in, but I actually went in and like stared at everybody's pictures on the wall because they have all the therapists pictures Mm, on the wall. Okay. And I know this sounds cliche and not to judge like a book by its cover, but 
I wanted somebody that was going to be very soft with me. I needed somebody that was going to be nurturing, kept a soft voice with me. And I didn't want to run into the situation where the other time when I was 16 to have somebody remind me of my mother. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So um, I found this wonderful counselor that she, the intake for that day was awesome. Um, She asked just spot on questions. I I told her, I really don't want to work on my past. I want to work on who I want to become. Okay. Because at that time in my life, it, it's like I woke up and have it. I had an epiphany Mm -hmm. that my wounds were going to continue to bleed. If I keep putting the same type of tools in my life that are going to contribute to hurting them. Mm -hmm. So I stayed in that relationship that I was in during, during this whole time. And women that have been in domestic violence relationships, they'll understand this. You have to get yourself ready, you know? Um, So I joined therapy. I started going to the gym three times a week. Um, Sometimes on those really, really rough weeks, I'd go four times a week. But um, I had lost a lot of weight before this too. 45 pounds in two months. Oh, wow. So my gallbladder went to crap or something, but I think a lot of it too, on top of that physical illness was the mental health part and my environment that I was in and having people to understand you that while you're going through, that's so important. Like I had to build a support system outside of my home, Mm -hmm. you know, um, which a big part was the counselor and she helped me through um, how my brain actually worked rather than what everything works for everybody else. Like she went into the depth of how I start my morning's routine. Oh, routine's huge. So I gave myself a routine and I kept to it. Wow. Thank you for sharing that. And I first want to say I'm so impressed because you basically, like you took the bull by the horns. You just ran and did it all. And I think that's so encouraging. And I kind of want to touch. So when did you start doing hair? Was this prior to that? Oh, hair professionally or unprofessional? Um, <laughs> let's say, let's say unprofessionally. Unprofessionally. My mom gave me uh, a box color okay. at age 12 and told me to put it on her hair. Okay. And I did her hair from... 12 to the, to this day oh, so um i called it kitchen hair uh-huh. um up until 2019 mm-hmm. as i had it with the human service world i felt burnt out mm-hmm. i've always kind of been a person too in any position that i work in i always try to find the better good for helping people yeah so um, I don't keep quiet. I'm a big advocate of, you know, I worked in the developmental disability world too for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, and that humbleized me. So um, when I got a chance to do hair finally for a living and after graduating, mm-hmm. uh, man, I was like, I don't know, like a buttery biscuit coming out of the oven. Yeah. Like it's just it it, like a dream. <laughs> it really was. But it, it took a lot of work though. Yeah. You know? Um, and I recently just went back and got my educators hours because I wanted to open up the salon that I have now and be okay with everything by creating something that is going to help people feel better about themselves, not just another salon Mm -hmm. so when people walk in there's magazines about mental health in my salon actually oh i love that so um 
and I have this jar that says you you can take a note or leave a note and just someone's going to need it today. I promise you is what it says. So sweet. Yeah. So it's just hair color, um, haircutting, all that. Like it's just been therapy for me too. And so I, I would uh, um, touch on that because this is a little bit similar to my story. Um, So with that self-awareness, well, I guess you didn't even realize how therapeutic doing hair was until you got, I guess, starting your career or um, having that self-awareness. And then that was a tool that you had at a younger age, but you didn't even realize uh, the benefits of it yet. And then you um, took the leap of getting the counselor and I also want to touch on how you were able to communicate so strongly what you did want to focus on and how to connect with that there or with that counselor because a lot of times it can be so scary starting that first step of okay I think I'm ready to do this but then you kind of don't know how it works or what the benefits are or um, what even the goal is with therapy so you went in you knew what you wanted and you knew who you uh, were most likely to connect with and feel comfortable with. And I think that is so eye-opening because, again, people don't realize what they're looking for. And the first time I was able to use, I guess, a tool of how to find my last therapist was, it's called My Psychology Today. Have you heard of it? Mm-mm. Okay. It's, I almost want to say it's kind of like a Tinder or like dating website oh, where okay. you can just narrow down Uh, what type of therapist you want. So you can do location, and then, you know, you could do insurance if it's covered by insurance. But even from then on, you can do uh, work on, you know, PTSD or work on families um, with crisis or specific types of therapy. And then it it shows a picture of the therapist, so their age, what they look like, and a little bio about themselves. And I think that's so important and that relates to the moment where you were looking at all the counselors because I do think that it's like um, it's important to have that strong connection with somebody even before you meet them. Um, And just so the time that you spend with them is going to be productive, not another thing of um, thinking of what you're going to say before you get there and kind of like being on edge if you're if you've spoke with other adults of kind of tiptoeing around what you want to say because it's um so much more helpful and beneficial when you can speak openly about the topics you want to work on so good job on that and thank you for sharing that part um there's so many steps that you created with your mental health journey and just to lead you where you are today um and then it's amazing how you connect your business with mental health and, you know, being your mental health advocate, but also like creating that space for others. Um, The next question I want to ask is, where do you think that self-awareness came in during your mental health journey? I guess when, when did you think you started to ask yourself questions on like, how can I react or how, what can I change about myself or anything along those lines? Um, I would say when I, like I say it all the time, when I got tired of my crap, okay. I got tired of 
making the same mistakes, um, finding common denominators with my partners, um, not trying to fix my relationship with my mother. That was a big eye opener for me. Um, because I've, I, I'm a mother of three. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a son in middle school and I've got two daughters in elementary. <clears throat> so, I mean, every day they're, they're a constant reminder to always work on myself um, because I don't want the family history to repeat. I want them Correct. to be aware um, of whatever mental issues that they deal with on the daily that they can handle them somehow and like slowly build those tools. Um, so really just being in situations that made me feel really, really uncomfortable um, have taught me to create coping mechanisms. Like I have probably used about six coping mechanisms today, you yes. know? And the one that I use most of all is my breathing. Okay. Um, there's actually a hairdresser that I've looked up to for the past three years of my life. Um, Andrew Carweathers is his name. Okay. Um, he's really big with the beauty industry as far as mental health advocating goes. I love that. So like, of course, like <laughs> I was drawn to Best this person. <laughs> um, and when I recently just went to Joseph's for my educators hours, I got in contact with him about like how I want to bring mental health into the college. So a little bit of my four months of being there kind of, I hope help those students that are going to deal with the same thing because hairdressers are like therapists. We're, we're hairapists. Yeah, like you are. So, um, you know, when I became self-aware of, I need these coping mechanisms, I need to do this, I need to do that. Well, it became like I, I, I for so long that I'm like, I got this, I can do this. Well, now I want they, I want they to, I want them to feel this way. Yeah. I want they, them to know that, um, that is okay to, to cry. It's okay to feel and everything is temporary. That's the only thing you got to remember when yeah. you're going through those motions, especially with, being bipolar, um, it's so hard to pull yourself out of that, but like there's grounding techniques um, to use your senses. Um, I wear these rings every day um, to remind me, I play with them constantly uh, to slow down my breathing. Um, I check my posture quite often, (laughs) which is huge actually, because um, breathing um, is a big part of anxiety. So if you're, like uptight, your shoulders are, are feeling tight or um, per se when I'm standing all day, I'm leaning forward a lot uh, because yeah. I'm hovering and that strains your back and your shoulders and your neck, which mm-hmm. causes trouble with your breathing. Oh wow! So what I've learned is just take a step back, reposition myself. And I'll do that throughout the day too, to kind of just reposition my mind, even though it's physical, it's all connected. So I, I that's just a really big part of why <laughs> I started everything. Learn something new every day. See, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, yeah, thank you for elaborating on those coping mechanisms. I think like, you know, we touched on the therapy for the hair, but um, again, they're most beneficial when you realize that they are beneficial, <laughs> especially with uh, working out. Um, so what kind of other uh, coping mechanisms would you say that you use or use most often besides Uh, breathing 
Um, well, the breathing one I use the most because okay. I am on the go quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so the ones that I get to do at home when I decompress from the day, because I do a lot of like physical transfer energy. I'm touching people all day. Oh, that's true. Um, and it's something that I've learned recently to really take in consideration because it's like overwhelming by the end of the day. Like a good example yesterday was one of those really long days, mm-hmm. but I spent seven hours talking to people yeah. about everything. Yeah. So, and sometimes we get into childhood traumas. Yeah. So like, it's kind of crazy what we get into sometimes, mm-hmm. but I like it. Like yeah. it, it's spicy, mm-hmm. but it's to the point where they're, they're comfortable with me mm-hmm. because they need that too. You know, it's not just an inside thing. It's an outside thing. So, uh, besides the artistic side of using my hands, uh, painting, um, I like, listening to music quite a bit um i constantly need music on if i if i don't have music i need some sort of sound going white noise uh mostly it kind of just helps me focus more um as a part to the silence where i like to say the voices get really loud Mm -hmm. and by voices i mean is someone critiquing me so that social anxiety will kick in or um there's times that i go into walmart with my airpod on Cause I am just like, I really hope nobody knows me today. <laughs> right. I can definitely relate to that. Yeah. But, um, I do yoga too. I stretch okay, cool. every day. Um, I stretch in the morning, I stretch at night, but during the day it depends if I remember, you know, you know, but, uh, you know, the stretching helps a lot too, because it's, it's helping with my blood circulation. And it helps kind of help pass those minerals and vitamins too that our bodies need rather than being just in a sitting position Mm -hmm. or, you know, those type of things. Um, I drink quite quite a bit of water. Um, There has been days where I went like a good day without as much water as I used to. And you really notice the big difference, like more headaches, um, more fatigue. So um, those type of things... What else do I do? I play with my animals quite a bit. We've got seven animals in our house. Uh, a lizard, a rabbit, oh, a hamster, <laughs> two cats and two dogs. Aww. But I like to say uh, my daughter, Grace, she's her animals are her animals. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm like, I'll help. A gra- I'll, I'm grandma. You know? um, yeah. They kind of they kind of make me forget about humans for a little bit. Um, you know, with the whole filthy animals, my, my company, like, it's not just about just, oh, you filthy animal. Cause, uh, for a while there I sexualized myself, you know, and that's not a topic that a lot of people are comfortable with talking about, right. but it was a time in my life where I wanted to embrace that sexual side of me mm-hmm. that had been put away for so long, right. you know, again being in control by another person or at least allowing myself to to do that you know i've expressed yourself yeah yeah so i went through that and realized there's a little bit of everything that helps with my coping mechanisms but at the end of the day if i don't decompress myself from the day like i have trouble sleeping um i don't have a bathtub in my house I have two showers 
and i love water like a lot okay <laughs> like i could take a bath for a straight hour but uh water is a really big one for me so if i'm feeling overwhelmed or anything and i've already taken a shower i'll go take another one because i just need to decompress and that's like glory of god just coming upon me and just letting it all go and wash it away like i have to imagine those things i look myself in the mirror I talk to myself out loud mm -hmm. in in those moments like you can do this you've been through worse um this is nothing this is just one day of this mm -hmm. or whatever the case is and it's crazy because lately i don't have much darkness in my life mm -hmm. there's more light than there is dark that's good and even then like the ptsd that happens mm -hmm. it's kind of like it's a it's a, a really good way to, for me to challenge my mind to even become more self-aware. Mm -hmm. So yeah. being curious about the process of what's going on with your body and mind, if you are being triggered, um, that was so much gold. <laughs> Literally, that was like so many great stuff. So I'm excited for people to hear that because I think um, there's just so many things that you do throughout your day that are just so beneficial, but it can be so difficult um, to realize that, you know, it's just going over your head if, you, if you're not self-aware of how impactful these things are, especially with the breathing, decomposing, and just connecting with people or animal or with yourself. Mm -hmm. For example, say if you went into work and you were feeling anxious that day, um, is there things that you do as far as talking to people around you of expressing how you're feeling? Um, I guess like if I'm having a hard day, I will, I feel like say, saying it to somebody around me or saying it to, um, like people I'm close to throughout the day, I feel like they can be kind of like, oh, well, you know, she told me she feels upset today. So now that I'm aware, so if something like small happens we're not just gonna like bicker at each other or something like that if that makes sense mm -hmm. um it's kind of it's kind of different like in the beauty industry I, I and i can't speak for other hairdressers mm -hmm. because um even when i was little i was a i was a people pleaser mm -hmm. I, I mean i mean there's a certain part of me that still is but at least like when it comes to my core values and boundaries i'll set those motherfuckers mm -hmm. but um when I have a client in my chair, my chair is like the realm that I have like forced myself to remember every single time they are coming to get away yeah. from everything too. Mm -hmm. Okay. So it's, kind of like I have to put a hat on every day like I sometimes have to wear four or five hats a day um which is actually kind of funny because when I started my uh physical health journey I wore my pink hat that said bad hair day all mm -hmm. the time but that was the hat that made me go to the gym even when I didn't want to mm -hmm. like <laughs> that was the hat that was just sitting there like hey what you doing yeah <laughs> so um I how I communicate with them is is to just love them mm -hmm. because they're the ones that take me away from my own mind yeah um 
And if my energy's off and it's a client that's very empathetic because I have those clients that are drawn to me too, Mm -hmm. they'll ask me like, Hey Brenda, are you okay today? Mm -hmm. Like something's a little off. Yeah. And I'll tell them it's temporary. It's okay. Or I'll tell them about it if, if it's someone that I've been, you know, seeing for years because they understand life as much as I do with my life because I'm also not a robot. Mm-hmm. But I, I communicate with them as far as, hey, what's on your mind? What's going on with you? Mm-hmm. And that takes me away from myself. Um, it humbleizes me. And it also reminds me that although I'm the main character in my life, mm-hmm they are their own main character in their life. And I'm just a side character that is there to listen. So So almost like um, putting yourself as far as putting gratitude first of being able to connect with them. Mm -hmm. And then if the topic comes about of how you're feeling, then being open about it. And I guess like body language would be a big part too. Yeah. Um, Well, that's good. Cause I I could definitely relate to um, like when I was younger, I would feel depressed and, but it would be more angry would be the reaction. And then when I was like after deployment and I'm like, Oh, everybody else is depressed here. What if I like did the opposite of angry and kind of like help people rather than focus on the negative feelings that I'm feeling. And I felt and realized that, Oh, helping others is actually making me feel better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, that's, it's a nice tool that you are able to use to connect with others and kind of, I guess, feed off of each other of um, bringing that um, positive and connection together. Mm -hmm. We are going to wrap this up here soon, but I just want to say, again, I'm so proud to hear your story, and I'm so proud of all the work that you've done because doing it myself and knowing the difficulties of, um, you know, dealing with mental health issues, and taking that step of overcoming, it's such a big step. So um, I'm proud of you. Give yourself some grace because I can understand that it, that can be something that people don't think about also is when you have so much um, going on and you kind of forget, okay, yeah, like you said, I'm a person too. <laughs> uh, grace is important. Um, is there anything that we can do, I guess, as a com- community of uh, awareness athletics, self-awareness podcast that can help you um, within the local community or I guess from far away if somebody's um, outside of Nebraska? Um, speak up pretty okay. much. Like if you don't speak up, um, and the thing is too, when you speak up, there's going to be people that are going to um, talk back. Yeah. Um, and there's going to be people that are going to support you. There's going to be people that um, are going to be there for you from the day one, you know, and then there's going to be people that um, will take that and laugh at you. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the end of the day, like one thing that I would want your whole brand to to continue to do, because you, you do an amazing job already Thank you. as it is, is, you know, continue to make more people aware by more stories, people speaking up, um, because we're not all different. You know, a lot of us are a lot alike, and sometimes it just takes having something in common to start a conversation. That's true. And I'm, I'm a firm believer of when I started to be a mental health advocate is leading by example. Um, because that can kind of give people 
an idea instead of, like you said, we want people to also feel better mentally. But um, being that example is probably most beneficial for someone to kind of get an idea where to start or see, like you said, what relates to them so they can start their mental health journey too. So thank you for being such a great leader in the mental health community and sharing your story. Um, One last thing, where can we find you on social media um, or how can we connect with you? Um, Well, I have... um filthy hair salon as far as if you want to come in and check things out and let let us pamper you and of course take care of you um and then i actually have a page called inspire and grow on facebook where i do share local um local small businesses local entrepreneurs people like me and of course my story itself is on there um so yeah that's where you can find me and of course, Brenda Kay. <laughs> Brenda Kay, everybody. <laughs> well, thank you so much for being here. And again, thank you for being such a huge uh, advocate for mental health. And we're going to go ahead and share this message. <laughs> so, hi.